welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker, Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, the Hacker Maker. And although this won't be the first episode of 2022, in order of episodes uh, being released, this will be the second one, but the actual first one of 2022. And I'm happy to introduce my guest, Jake Sheets. Hey guys. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to uh, get to uh, get to have a little bit of a conversation, dive into uh, you know my background and experiences, and uh, get to chat with you here, Philip. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, and I know you're fairly new to the industry, so those listening, you know, this may be some. There's some good pointers there. You can always learn some good stuff from folks just getting started out. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, kind of like uh, Philip said there, I'm actually uh, pretty new um, to the industry. Um, I graduated uh, in this past year from college, so I did take um, a little bit of the uh, standard uh, route, if that's what you want to call it, going into college. Um, however, uh, going into college, um, I actually thought I wanted to go to medical school. So I spent the first three years in college, almost three years in college, um, studying biology. Um, so nothing to do with computer science or hacking or anything like that. I actually went and um, became a certified EMT, um, took it to that extent, and realized that um, that wasn't wasn't where my passion lied. Um, so I kind of took a step back and um, reevaluated myself and where my passions lied, and I realized I was super into tech. Um, the more I kind of, you know, dove into the tech space um, and, and being switching to a computer science major, um, I kind of discovered uh, like security, cybersecurity, and, and how much I like to tinker with things and, um, you know, mess with things, try to make things break. Um, and that's kind of how I got started um, in the industry to begin with. But um, I did go to school um, for computer science. Um, I got the opportunity to do some really cool um, research for the government. Um, in that cybersecurity space, and then um, I, you know, from there I kind of participated in some like CTFs, um, some capture the flags uh, that were like collegiately sponsored. So you know, competitions like the National Cyber League uh, was kind of the big one that I did a handful of times, um, and met some really, really awesome and helpful people through there. Um, and it, it kind of just sprung my interest. I realized um, how deep the rabbit hole went um, and, and never really turned back from there. I just got, got more and more interested um, in learning all these different disciplines. 
and security. And it really, um, you know, honestly amazed me um, how many different avenues there are, you know, from the outside looking in, it looks like, you know, there's only like, you know, like the hackers and the hoodies in their basement, like plucking away at like a terminal. But um, it, it really is astounding how many different ways that you can, you can go and um, focus your security security profession if you if that's what you wanted to do well that's great i'm glad that you mentioned that you'd went to college and that's how you got your start because you know a lot of the guests we have on here you know maybe they went to college something totally different and then all of a sudden after they worked in that field they changed directions maybe they went the certification route self-study so it's good to have someone on with the college background because one of the things i really think is great about the college route and the value of that is if you really don't know what to do to get started, you know, then there's a lot of research you got to do on your own if you're not going the college route. But if you've got, you know, someone showing you need this and this, there's some kind of guidance there and you know, you're going to have, you know, a, a good foundation getting in. And I really like the way you went in the computer science route. Cause I really think if someone wants to be a pen tester, I think some of the stuff you learn in computer science is is definitely good learning how to code and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I can I you know, I, I'm actually studying for my um OSCP right now, so I'm taking the Pen two hundred course from um offensive security and um I can't even tell you how many times I've, you know, had to reference back old um computer science classes that I took and and that really helped lay a foundation, I think, for some things that I'm uh, uh, learning now. And, um, I'm, I'm very grateful for the education that I got. Um, I think it's, it's helped me, um, a lot, you know, definitely more on the programming side for sure. You know, computer science is a very program heavy major. Um, I just didn't want to be a software engineer. So, <laughs> um, I, I kind of went a different way, but, um, you know, for certain things like, um, scripting in Python, that's, you know, become more prevalent in the new, um, content that, the OSCP, for example, is added. Um, I've noticed um, that that's something that feels a little bit more natural to me is, is being able to script things. And um, I definitely think that's a super, super helpful skill. Yeah, that, that's that's good. And one where, since we're kind of the, on the topic, so uh, for someone getting started out, would you recommend that they learn how to script or learn how to code? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think it's made um, my life easier. And I think it's um, a skill that can um, elevate your career. Um, I wouldn't want to like scare anybody away, though, um, saying that it's absolutely necessary. Um, I'm kind of in the camp uh, that believes that, you know, it's not a hard requirement. There's a lot of security professions um, like our governance, risk and compliance folks that we probably both work with on a daily basis that, you know, it, sure, coding for them might be helpful, but um, I wouldn't by any stretch of the imagination be like, yeah, you need to be super proficient and be like software engineer level, just banging out lines of code all the time to, to be able to get into the industry. Um, but I can say uh, from the flip side of the coin, um, with all of that background that I went through in programming, um, it has helped uh, helped me understand a lot of uh, concepts um, in computer science and you know programming and being able to read code, understand where vulnerabilities in code lies. I think that's super important, um, and it's helped me from um, from that standpoint as well. Yeah, that's definitely good to be able to expand your capabilities where you could do code source code reviews and that sort of sort of thing. 
So uh, since you kind of went the traditional route, what all have you done? You've mentioned that you're going through the OSCP course. So what else did you do to learn hacking for the, you know, for your a pen testing career? Yeah. So, um, you know, as uh, most college kids are, I was, I was a broke college kid. I was spending all that money on tuition. I didn't have a lot of money to throw around at certifications and um, a lot of these things that are really expensive now. Um, so I used a lot of uh, open source like platforms, kind of like, uh, like try hack me um, was a big thing. Like when I first started out. So like when I first started doing like capture the flags, um, I remember looking at like, things and being like oh my gosh what in the world is this this is crazy there's so much going on like i don't even know how to change directories in a linux terminal this is this is wild um so i remember um i you know in addition to a lot of like mentorship with uh, older students that i had at college um one thing that i found super useful um was the was try hack me um try hack me is great it has like um, I don't want it to like come off wrong, but it has a great like handhold experience, um, especially if you're like brand new and know nothing, like almost to the point where you don't even know where to start. Um, they put you in the place to start um, and you can learn some really, really like intense topics on TryHackMe. You can go all the way from learning your way around a Linux terminal all the way up to, you know, uh, some pretty advanced topics. They have like buffer overflows on there. They have heap overflow examples on there there's some pretty crazy stuff so um you know there's definitely a super uh, great uh, skill vertical on that website um moving from try hack me i kind of started to get a little bit more into uh, things like vuln hub and uh, hack the box i think are two great resources um i do think hack the box or at least it used to be um it was a little bit more intense than um than try hack me was although they do have like the starting point track and things now um that are super helpful um but those were primarily the main two resources that i used um, on top of following some great people on twitter uh, i actually uh use twitter pretty heavily and um there, there's a lot of people that just have such a burning passion for the field that they just create free labs and they'll, they'll tweet them out uh, I know um, the uh, XSS rat is one um, that I love. He just tweets free labs all the time. He's like, hey, I just spun something up in the cloud. Everybody come take a spin at it and he'll, like tweet out like the solution for it. And I think that's so awesome. So there's um, lots of great people to engage with um, on Twitter and um, lots of great, great um, free resources that you can use um, to, to get up to speed. Um, so those are, those are primarily the main three that I used. Well, good. So whenever you were going through national cyber league, did that kind of spark any of your interest to learn pen testing? Yeah, I actually, um, I got like super, super interested in like the password cracking and the OSINT, um, challenges, like the open source intelligence challenges. I remember I thought it was super crazy. Like, you know, the very first one that I participated in, I mentioned I had like no idea what was going on pretty much. So um, I was kind of like in like a Discord, like a Teams chat, like with all these other older students that were like used to doing this. Um, and one of the OSINT challenges was just a picture of like an airport, but it was like from like the street. It was like, figure out what airport this is. And that was the solution. And I was like thinking in my head, I'm like, 
you know, outside of, you know, like reverse image searching this on Google, like, I don't even know, like, what you would do. And it's crazy the different things that you could do, like pulling the image down and stripping it like it's metadata and looking into all these different things, um, you know, from an outsider's point of view, all this technology, it just, it works like magic. Um, but it's so interesting to me, and this, maybe this is a little bit of like my pen testy mind a little bit is, you know, boiling it down to um, what truly exists under the hood and, and trying to tinker with it and find different things. I, I thought that was super, super cool. Yeah, one of the things you definitely learn when you get into security is how insecure of a world we live in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the more that I've I've learned, and you know, even more experienced people probably have more to say. But um, the more that I learn, the more that I'm like, man, I just want to unplug my computer. <laughs> you're you're really not safe, especially you know some of these really sophisticated and intelligent threat actors that are out there and just smart minds. Um, there's some pretty incredible and um, sleek things that uh, these people can do. They have some pretty crazy capabilities. Yeah, it seems like once you're kind of aware of you know the the threat actor mindset and some of the things that can be done. You just don't look at things the same way. Back in my consulting days, I was at, I had a client in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area. And I remember landing and, and sitting at the, the luggage carousel and I saw a USB thumb drive laying down on the ground. And first thing I thought it was something malicious. I thought, yeah, I wonder what's on there. I was thinking, yeah, they, someone's put some malicious code on there. So you plug it into your computer and they get a shell to your computer or whatever, or some kind of Trojan. And so it's no. kind of funny once you get exposed to this stuff, it's kind of hard to look at the world the same way anymore. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I maybe I didn't touch on this um, previously, but uh, I'd spent probably the last, you know, eight months um, working on like an application security engineering team. So that was like my first gig out of college. And um, I did uh, like a little bit part time helped out with like some of the SOC responsibilities. So, you know, I kind of got to triage some of those things. And, you know, even just in the past eight months, like um, just in that short little time window, it's it's crazy. Um, the things that you'll see come through, like different uh, people like sending you text messages that they got that are allegedly from like the CEO that's asking them to go grab Apple gift cards and um, all these elaborate phishing schemes and things that um, that are attacking businesses. Um, I know it's from the outside looking in, um, it kind of sounds like we're talking about all this like imaginary warfare that's going on all the time. And it's hard to believe that um, this happens all the time, but um uh, it really does. And it's crazy the different things that uh, people will try to do. Um, so seeing it for the first time uh, for real uh, is, is pretty cool. It's, it's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's amazing how that has grown, the fishing and smishing and, and all that stuff, how that's increased so much. I mean, because I got started pen testing back in 2012, but now it's like it's you know, it's almost like a daily basis that you get some phishing email or maybe some kind of smishing message that someone's trying to get you to click on a link. It's something related to, you know, a delivery from, you know, some U.S. Postal Service or FedEx or something, or you won this Amazon gift card. So they're getting, it's getting a lot more frequent. But then again, you know, there's people that are clicking on it and that's why they're doing it. And then, you know, uh, it seems like, you know, some of 
some of the older generations that aren't as familiar with technology because I get messages a lot on on Facebook from people I know, either they're my age or older, but I know usually people in their 50s and older and stuff are more victim to that type of thing. But I get messages from them sometimes, a, a, a Facebook message, and there'll be some link, and it's just some, some kind of unusual message in it, and I'll respond back to them, did you intend to send this? I find out first and then sometimes let let them know that, okay, oh, crap, I clicked on something bad and I shouldn't have or whatever to at least let them see. I'm not going to open it up anyway, but just to kind of <laughs> let them know. Unless someone was sending me an actual YouTube video or something and it was legit, then maybe I'll check it out. But, you know, you'd have to be careful nowadays because people that are vulnerable to that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's. That's, you know, some of my friends even, you know, poke fun at me because I, they, they think I'm like walking around with a tinfoil hat on like, oh, don't click on anything, you know, they're going to steal money from you or whatever it may be. But it's, um, it, it really is impressive. I, I get them all the time and I've even fallen victim, not necessarily to like the phishing attempt, but kind of the flip side of the coin of being like too suspicious, like, you know, like our company maybe like sent out like a, like a virtual gift card for um, Christmas and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, I, there's absolutely no way I'm clicking on that link to redeem that gift card. Like, you know what I mean? Then, you know, a week later, everybody joined in a company meeting. They're like, oh, make sure to go redeem your gift card. And you look back and you're like, oh, no, the link's expired because <laughs> I I thought it was a phishing attempt. So um, I've definitely fallen victim to it um, in reverse there. But uh, there is some pretty pretty elaborate schemes out there now and um it's crazy the the lengths that they'll go through i've i've seen things that um like have gotten sent sent to like salespeople that they'll forward out like the information security team the email um and you look at it and you're like holy cow that's impressive like just the amount of like styling and time that went in to that email is really impressive so, you know, there's people out there that have the time to do this. So it definitely is something to, uh, to take a mental note of. <laughs> so, yeah, you mentioned you how you kind of got into things and, in you know, you went the non-traditional route of college. So uh, what would you, would you do anything different if you had it to do over again? Yeah, um, you know. I, um, I definitely appreciate uh, the education that I got, and uh, um, I definitely value my education. I think it, it really made me a, a really well-rounded well, well um, learner and a uh, person. Um, you know, I think the current state of a lot of, like, cybersecurity programs in college um, are a little maybe, like, behind the industry. Um, I did a lot of, like, you know, all security classes I took were very, like, theoretically based. Um, they weren't, like, super up-to-date. Um, so I, I wish I would have gotten um, maybe involved in some more, like, current training sooner. Um, you know, I, I had just recently done, like, Port Swigger's Web App Security Academy online, which, is, again, that's another great free resource. Um, but that is uh, night and day so much better um, in terms of like actually getting your hands on and exploiting these vulnerabilities and um, really understanding like um, the the bits and pieces of exactly what's going on on the back end. Um, there's so much free content out there. I'm not saying uh, like don't go to college, um, but there's so much out there that um, is free um, that you can do at your own pace. 
Um, and it's really like, uh, it's worded in a really digestible way. So um, maybe getting involved in some more like current training um, would have been something. Um, I kind of put off like, you know, creating um, like networking accounts, like a LinkedIn, my Twitter, where I engage with a lot of like information security professionals. Um, I kind of put that off for a while and I wish I would have done that sooner. Um, and this is kind of one of the uh, hills that I'll die on now. Um, and one of my biggest regrets in the industry already is not doing that sooner um, because I had, um, you know, I maybe had like 60 followers on Twitter, something just very, very minuscule, which you'd probably look at and you're think that's like such a small network of people but um i had tweeted out that i was like you know i, I really want to transition to like a red team role i want to get into pen testing so bad like um i just reached out i put it out on twitter um and lo and behold somebody uh whether it had been somebody that replied and saw it through their network or um what have you somebody actually reached out and they're like hey you know um we have an op we have openings for junior pen testers like uh, I would highly encourage you to look into this. Um, and I did, and that's kind of the role that I'm moving into now. So, you know, not everybody can say they got, got a, a job through a Twitter network, but even if you think it's silly um, to, to start networking with people on uh, a social media platform as informal as Twitter, um, it really is powerful. I know it sounds so cliche, like um, hammering on the networking piece, but um, it really, it, the, the opportunities that you can get um, in this community are crazy. Um, there's a lot of super, super generous people out there. Um, and that that's probably one of the things that I, I wish I had done sooner um, looking back on it. But uh, yeah, that, that is, uh, that was a really, really unique thing that I think uh, I, I had the opportunity of having to me. Yeah, that, I'm a, I, I totally agree with you because I'm a big fan of Twitter. It's probably my favorite platform. Then LinkedIn is probably my, my second favorite platform. But for those that are listening, that's how Jake got on here. I saw, I actually saw you tweet out about, uh, I think you said, would anyone be interested in you doing a video on your OSCP journey? And when I saw that, I thought, or maybe you'd mentioned that is either that, or maybe it was your tweet about getting a red team job or a pen testing role. And I thought, wow, there's someone that I could have on my show. So that's kind of how I found you. So that's, so for people listening, it helps. I actually got a ticket to the last DerbyCon for free through Twitter and it was the last one. So tickets normally sold out like super quick. I remember I think the year, the last year of it, I tried to get tickets and I think all the tickets sold out in like 30 seconds or something. I was in the movie theater with my daughter. I had the, the Eventbrite app on my phone. I had everything ready to check out. And as soon as the tickets went on sale, they were already sold out. And so uh, I was in the Tribe of Hackers Red Team book and I was tweeting back and forth with Jeff Mann that was also in the book. And he asked me if I was going to if I was going to be at uh, DerbyCon and I said, if I can get tickets, I don't have tickets. And less than two minutes later, probably a minute or so later, someone had sent me a direct message and say, Hey, I've got some tickets. If you would take, take some pictures of, they had the, they were like a recruiting company and they were supplying, they were a sponsor of the event. So they, they had a vendor booth there and on 
and they had the bracelets that said that that let you know whether you're looking for a job or you're hiring the hiring or looking bracelets and she said hey if you would just tweet out a picture of the bracelets and tag me in it i'll give you my ticket for free so i got a 180 dollar ticket to the last derby con because of twitter so yeah it is very powerful <laughs> it is i definitely underestimated it i know i like throughout college i just used twitter for you know looking through memes and you know having a laugh looking at different accounts and i never really um viewed it as a, a way to kind of engage with like a community of professionals um and you know i, I kind of discovered that like infosec twitter niche um like just on a personal account, and I was like, you know, I, I, I want to transition into this space. I, I want to like create an account where I can, you know, interact with all these different people that are on here. And um, I seriously could not be more grateful for all the opportunities that it's already afforded me. Um, it's, it's really been, it's really been crazy. Yeah, just. Uh... You know, you'd, I'd seen that you have a YouTube channel, so you want to discuss some of your content creation efforts or, or how that's going? Yeah, yeah. So um, I actually um, partially created like a YouTube um, because that was another thing that really inspired me. I know there's a lot of uh, YouTube content creators um, in the InfoSec space that do a lot of super helpful things. So kind of going back to like that, you know, that hack the box, try hack me area where um, there is a little bit more of that immediate advanced step where, um, you know, they kind of take the, the bumper guards off um, and it's more of like a true, like kind of like a pen test against the intentionally vulnerable box. And there's maybe not like a solution there right away. Um, and for one thing that helped me, um, there's some really great YouTubers that do this, but um, they'll create videos of how they went through the box um, and you know it's not necessarily the only answer to things but um, just to see somebody's uh, process and their mindset of what it takes to um, overcome the hurdles and those information gaps and those skill gaps that they didn't have at the time um, were super super helpful and super important in what i think is the skill set that i developed um, and i felt inspired and i i, I figured that i would um, you know, contribute to the same space. So um, that's one thing that uh, I do in my free time now. Um, I create some of those walkthrough videos. Um, some more popular ones have been associated with Hack the Box. Um, I wanted to gear them more towards the true starter, um, which is one thing that Hack the Box did. There's now a starting point track, which, you know, essentially assumes that you have zero knowledge on security or maybe that you can just hook a VPN up. Um, just get connected in. Um, but I, I wanted to help people out there and, and create content um, that they could use to start their journey, um, get their feet wet in information security. Maybe they've been working on like the blue side of things and they want to see what's transitioning more to the red side of attacking a box, like what that methodology looks like. Um, so I've been building that content out there. Um, I know you had mentioned it, but I had made a tweet of, you know, I, does anybody want to see like the journey through like the OSCP? That's definitely something that um, I've been planning here. I've been uh, recording, uh, 
trying to get those videos ready um, just to kind of give some transparency because um, there, there were some gaps that I had identified um, when I was in college. I know like a few years ago, I had gotten like my security plus and that was a great entry level certification. Um, but I always looked at the OSCP as this um, like insurmountable monster uh, killer certification that just brick walled anybody who tried to attempt it. Um, only the 1% passed it. Um, and I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think anybody can learn anything if, you know, they, they're really determined enough to do it. And um, that, that's where I kind of want to supplement my content on that YouTube channel is um, to prove that, you know, if you have the, the work ethic and um, the determination to use that content to fill in those gaps for yourself and um, to learn. So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of the content I've been creating on there. Oh, very cool. I see a lot of people that have, you know, some people have kind of gotten into the industry through the content they've created. And, you know, that's one of the, one of the reasons I, you know, got to where I've recently encouraged people to, to create content, but even more kind of before that, encouraging people to talk at local meetups, because there was a, a college graduate that was at one of our local DEF CON groups, and they did a a talk on malware analysis and then one of the hiring managers for a large uh financial company was in the audience he heard his talk and asked for his resume and the person got a job there at that company because you know basically it's almost like you're doing a technical interview you're just kind of showing people your technical skills through that demonstration so same thing with the the content creation you're able to show people what you can do in your communication skills and all this. So I think it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really a win-win because everything that you put out, um, even if it's, even if you're creating content on something that's already been, you know, kind of covered before, uh, maybe you're providing the content through a different lens that somebody else didn't see it through. Um, and, you know, having more information out there is never, never a bad thing. So it's a win for the community. It's a win for yourself. Um, I even tried, I like went and put my, my YouTube on my resume, um, even though I only have, you know, like 25, 30 videos on there. Um, that was something that during the interview process, I had a hiring manager comment on. Um, and they were like, you know, it's different. We don't see a YouTube channel on a resume every day. And I was like, well, you know, I, I wanted, um, you know, that's something I would encourage other people to do. You want to be able to show what you can do and um, demonstrate that uh, communication and, uh, you know, everything that you kind of touched on. But it is it. It is a win-win for everybody when you're push, putting things out there, talking to other people, sharing ideas. Um, it just it, it helps everybody else out in the long run. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, this has been been an awesome discussion. It's you know I've seen you on Twitter, so it was better. <laughs> it was good to get to to actually talk to you and you know face to face or virtually, but but it's good to yeah. learn a little bit more about you. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to share before we end the show? Um, you know, there was one thing, uh, you know, like when I was in college, you know, everybody kind of struggles with it. And I saw it, um, you know, a lot. I've seen it more on Twitter. Um, some people like, you know, as they're learning things, um, you know, the pressure of like imposter syndrome or burnout, you know, if you're good enough. Um, one thing that I would like strongly encourage um, everybody is just to, to keep going. Um, if you get beaten down by a topic while you're trying to pursue a career in cybersecurity, just don't give up. Um, 
it comes with time and uh, hard work and uh, you'll all eventually get there. Um, so I, I strongly encourage people if you're if you're interest, interested in the industry to uh, to keep going and ask for help because there's so many people um, like yourself in the industry that are always um, always out there and super helpful. Um, so I, I strongly encourage to keep working and uh, always ask for help when you need it. Uh, wise words. Thanks again for, for joining us. Uh, appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to, to do the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate the uh, opportunity to come on here and get to talk with you. Uh, thanks, everyone. And we'll see you on the next episode. And I hope you all have a great 2022. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.